0: Chapter 41 of Balsamo, the Magician by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Water of Life. He went to listen at Lorenzo's door, where she was sleeping evenly and sweetly. He opened a panel and looked in upon her, for some while in affectionate reverie. Closing the wicket, he stole away to his laboratory, where he put out the fire by opening a register plate which sent most of the heat up the chimney, and ran in water from a tank without. In a pocket book he carefully fastened up the receipt of Cardinal Rohan, saying, The parole of a Rohan is all very well, but only for me, and the brothers will want to know yonder how I employ their money. These words were dying on his lips when three sharp raps on the ceiling made him lift his head. al wants me and in a hurry that is a good sign with a long iron rod he rapped in answer he put away the tools and by means of an iron ring in a trap overhead which was the floor of a dumb waiter, as then they called elevators he pulled this down to his feet placing himself in the centre of it he was carried gently by no spring but a simple hydraulic machine worked by the reservoir which had extinguished the fire up to the study reserved for the old alchemist this new dwelling was eight feet by nine in height, and sixteen in length. All the light came from a skylight as the four walls were without inlet. It was, relatively to the house on wheels, a palace. The old man was sitting in his easy chair on casters, at the middle of a horseshoe-shaped table in iron with a marble top, laden with a quantity of plants, books, tools, bottles, and papers, traced with cabalistic signs. Eh, chaos! He was so rapt in thought that he was not disturbed by the entrance. A globe of crystal hung over his yellow and bald plate. In this a sort of serpent, fine and coiled like a spring, seemed to curl, and it sent forth a bright and unvarying light, without other apparent source of luminous supply than the chain supporting the globe might contain to transmit. He was candling a file of ground glass in his fingers as a good wife tries eggs. "'Well.' "'Anything new?' said Balsamo, after having silently watched him for a while. "'Yes, yes. I am delighted, Acherot, for I have found what I sought.' "'Gold?' "'Diamonds?' Pooh, They are pretty discoveries for my soul to rejoice over.' "'I suppose you mean your elixir in that case?' "'Yes, my boy, my elixir, life everlasting.' "'Oh, so you are still harping on that string,' said the younger sage sadly, for he thought his senior was following an idle dream. But without listening Altatus was lovingly peering into his file. "'The proportions are found at last.' He mumbled, elixir of Aristeus, twenty grams, balm of mercury, fifteen, precipitate of gold, fifteen, essence of Lebanon cedar, twenty-five grams. But it seems to me, bar the Aristean elixir, this is about what you last mixed up. That is so, but there was lacking the binding ingredient, without which the rest are no good. Can one procure it? Certainly. It is three drops of a child's arterial blood. And have you the child? gasped Balsamo, horrified. No, I expect you to find one for me. Master, you are mad. In what respect? asked the emotionless old man, licking with his tongue the stopper of the phial from which a little of the nectar had oozed. The child would be killed. What of it? The finer the child, the better the heart's blood. It cannot be. Children are no longer butchered, but brought up with care. Indeed. How fickle is the world. Three years ago we were offered more children than we knew what to do with for four charges of gunpowder, or a pint of trader's whiskey. "'That was on the Congo River, in Africa, Master.' "'I believe so. But it does not matter if the young is black. I remember that what they offered were sprightly, wooly-headed, "'Jolly little urchins.' "'Unfortunately we are no longer on the Congo. We are in Paris.' "'Well, we can embark from Marseilles and be in Africa in six weeks.' "'That can be done, but I must stay in France on serious business.' business <laughs> sneered the old man sending forth a peal of shrill laughter most lugubrious true i had forgotten that you have political clubs to organize conspiracies to foster and in short serious business and he laughed again, forced and false. Balsamo held his peace, reserving his powers for the storm impending. How far has your business advanced? He inquired, painfully turning in his chair and fixing his large gray eyes on the pupil. I have thrown the first stone, he replied, feeling the glance go through him the pool is stirred up the mud is in agitation the philosophic sediment yes you are going to bring into play your utopias fogs and hollow dreams these idiots dispute about the existence or non-existence of the almighty when they might become little gods themselves let us hear who are the famous philosophers whom you have enlisted i have already the leading poet and the greatest atheist of the age who will be coming into france presently to be made a freemason in the lodge i am getting up in the old jesuits college potterfei street his name is voltaire I do not know him. The next? I am to be introduced to the greatest sower of ideas of the century, the author of the social contract, Rousseau. He is not known to me either. I expect not as you only know such old alchemists as Alfonso the Wise, Raymond Lully, Peter of Toledo, and Albert the Great. Because they are the only men who have really loved a life, sowed ideas that live, and labored at the grand question of to be or not to be. There are two ways of living, master. I only know of one existing. But to return to your brace of philosophers with their help, you intend to— Grasp the present and sap the future how stupid they must be in this country to be lured away by ideas no it is because they have too much brains that they are led by ideas and then i have a more powerful help than all the philosophers the fact that monarchy has lasted sixteen hundred years in france and the french are tired of it Hence, "'They are going to overturn the throne, and you are backing them with all your forces. "'You fool! "'What good is the upsetting of this monarchy going to do you?' "'It will bring me nothing at the best, but it will be happiness for others.' come come, i am in a good humor to-day and can listen to your nonsense explain to me how you will obtain the general wheel and what it consists of a ministry is in power which is the last rampart defending the monarchy It is a cabinet, brave, industrious, and intelligent, which might sustain this worn-out and staggering monarchy for yet twenty years. My aides will overturn it. Your philosophers? Oh, no, for they are in favor of the ministry, for its head is a philosopher too. Then they are a selfish pack what great imbeciles i do not care to discuss what they are for i do not know said balsamo who was losing his patience i only know that they will all cry down the next ministry when this one is destroyed this new cabinet will have against it the philosophers and then the parliament they will make such an uproar that the cabinet will persecute the philosophers and block the parliament then in mind and matter will be organized a sullen league, a tenacious, stubborn, restless opposition, which will attack everything, undermining and shaking. Instead of Parliament they will try to rule with judges appointed by the king. They will do everything for their appointer. With reason they will be accused of inality, corruption and injustice. The people will rise, and at last... Royalty will have a raid against its philosophy, which is intelligence, Parliament, which is the middle class, and the mob, which is the people. In other words, the lever with which Archimedes can raise the world. Well, when you have lifted it, you will have to let it fall again. Yes. But when it falls it will smash the royalty to use your figurative language when this worm-eaten monarchy is broken what will come out of the ruins freedom the french be free well then there will be thirty millions of free men in france yes among them do you not think there will be one with a bigger brain than another who will rob them of freedom some fine morning that he may have a larger share than his proper one For himself do you not remember a dog we had at medina which used to eat as much as all the rest together yes and i remember that they all together pitched on him one day and devoured him because they were dogs men would have continued to give in to the greediest do you set the instincts of animals above the intelligence of man forsooth the examples abound by which to prove it among the ancients was one julius caesar and among the moderns one oliver cromwell who ate up the roman and the english cake without anybody snatching many crumbs away from them well supposing such an usurper comes he must die some day being mortal but before dying he must do good to even those whom he oppressed for he would have changed the nature of the upper classes. Obliged to have some kind of support, he will choose the popular as the strongest. To the equality which abases, he will oppose the kind which elevates. Equality has no fixed watermark, but takes the level of him who makes it. In raising the lowest classes, he will have hallowed a principle unknown before his time. The revolution will have made the French free, the protectorate of another Caesar or Cromwell, will have made them equal. What a stupid fellow this is, said Altatus, starting in his chair, to spend twenty years in bringing up a child, so that he shall come and tell you who taught him all you knew. Men are equal before the law maybe but before death how about that one dies in three days another lives a hundred years men equals before they have conquered death oh the brute the triple brute Altatus sat back to laugh more freely at Balsamo, who kept his head lowered, gloomy and thoughtful. His instructor took pity on him. Unhappy sophist that you are, bear in mind one thing, that men will not be equals until they are immortal. Then they will be gods. And these alone are undying. Immortal. What a dream, sighed the mesmerist. Dream? So is the steam, the electric fluid, all that we are hunting after and not yet caught. A dream. But we will seize and they will be realities move with me the dust of ages and see that man in all times has been seeking what i am engaged upon under the different titles of the bliss the best the perfection had they found it This decrepit world would be fresh and rosy as the morning. Instead, see the dry leaf. The corpse, the carrion heap. Is suffering desirable? The corpse pleasant to look upon. The carrion sweet you yourself are saying that nobody has found this water of life observed balsamo as the old man was interrupted by a dry cough i tell you that nobody will find it by this rule there would be no discoveries do you think discoveries are novelties which are invented not so they are forgotten things coming up anew why were the once found things forgotten because the inventor's life was too short for him to derive from it all its perfection twenty times they have nearly consummated the water of life kirin would have made Achilles completely immortal, but for the lack of the three drops of blood, which you refuse me. In the flaw, death found a passage and entered. I repeat that Ciaran was another Altottus, prevented by an Acherot, from completing the work which would save all mankind, by shielding it from the divine malediction. Well, what have you to say to that? Merely, said Balsamo, visibly shaken, that you have your work and I mine. Let each accomplish his at his risks and perils but i will not second yours by a crime a crime when i ask but three drops of blood one child and you would deluge a country with billions of gallons tell me now who is the cannibal of us two You do not answer me. My answer is that three drops would be nothing if you were sure of success. Are you sure? Who would send millions to the scaffold and battlefield? Can you stand up before the creator and say, "O master of life! In return for four millions of slain men, I will warrant the happiness of humanity. Master, ask for something else, said Balsamo, eluding the point. Ha! You do not answer. You cannot answer, taunted Altatus triumphantly you must be mistaken on the efficacy of the means it is impossible it looks as if you argued with me disputed deem me a liar said the old alchemist rolling with cold anger in his gray eyes under his white brows no but i am in contact with men and things and you dwell in a nook In the pure abstraction of a student, I see the difficulties and have to point them out. You would soon overcome such difficulties, if you liked or believed. I do not believe. But do you believe that death is an incontestable thing? invincible and infinite and when you see a dead body does not the perspiration come to your brow and a regret is born in your breast no regret comes into my breast because i have familiarized myself to all human miseries and i esteem life as a little thing but I say in presence of the corpse. Dead? Thou who wert mighty as a god. O death, it is thou who reigns sovereignly, and nothing can prevail against thee." Altatus listened in silence, with no other token of impatience than fidgeting with a scalpel in his hands. When his disciple had finished the solemn and doleful phrase, he smiled while looking around his eyes so burning that no secrets seemed to exist for him, stopped on a nook in the room where a little dog trembled on a handful of straw. It was the last of three of a kind, which Balsamo had provided on request of the elder for his experiments. "'Bring that dog to this table,' said he to Balsamo, who laid the creature on a marble slab." seeming to foresee its doom and having probably already been handled by the dissector the animal shuddered wriggled and yelped at contact of the cold stone so you believe in life since you do in death squeaked altatus this dog looks live enough eh Certainly as it moves and whines, How ugly black dogs are, I should like white ones another time, Howl away, you cur!" Huh, said the vivisectionist, with his lugubrious laugh, "how to convince Grand Signor Akarat that you live? He pierced the animal at a certain muscle so that he whimpered instead of barking. "'Good. Push the bell of the air-pump hither. But stay. I must ask what kind of death you prefer for him. Deem best.' "'I do not know what you mean. Death is death, master.' very correct what you say and i agree with you since one kind of death is the same as another exhaust the air balsamo worked the air-pump and the air in the bell of glass hissed out at the bottom so that the little puppy grew uneasy at the first looked around began to sniff put his paw to the issue till the pain of the pressure made him take it away and then he fell suffocated puffed up and asphyxiated behold the dog dead of apoplexy pronounced the sage this is a fine mode with no long suffering but. You do not seem fully convinced. I suppose you know how well laden I am with resources, and you think I have the method of restoring the respiration. No, I am not supposing that. The dog is truly not alive. Never mind we will make assurance doubly sure by killing the canine twice lift off the receiver akarat the glass bell was removed and there lay the victim never stirring with eyes shut and heart without a beat take the scalpel and sever the spinal column without cutting the larynx i do so solely because you say it and to finish the poor creature in case it be not dead said the other with a smile of obstinacy peculiar to the aged with one incision balsamo separated the vertebral column a couple of inches from the brain and opened a yawning gash the body remained unmoving he is an inert animal i see cold forever without movement eh you say nothing prevails against death no power can restore even the appearance of life far less life itself to this carcass only the miracle of heaven but heaven does not do such things supreme wisdom kills because there is reason or benefit to the act an assassin said so and he was quite right nature has an interest in the death now what will you say if this dog opens his eyes and looks at you it would much astonish me said the pupil smiling i am glad to hear that it would do as much as that As he drew the dog up to an apparatus which we know as a voltaic pile, he rounded off his words with his false and grating laugh. The pile was composed of a vessel containing strips of metal, separated by felt. All were bathed in acidulated water. Out of the cup came the two ends of wire, the poles, to speak technically. "'Which eye shall it open, Akarat?' inquired the experimentalist the right the two extremities were brought together but parted by a little silk on a neck muscle in an instant the dog's right eye opened and stared at balsamo who could not help recoiling look out said the infernal jester with his dry laugh "Ah, dead dog is going to bite you <laughs> indeed the animal in spite of its sundered spine with gaping jaws and tremulous eye, suddenly got upon its four legs and tottered on them. With his hair bristling, Balsamo receded to the door, uncertain whether to flee or remain. "'But we must not frighten you to death in trying to teach you,' said Altatus. Pushing back the cadaver and the machine, the contact broken, the carcass fell back into immovability. "'You see,' that we may arrive at the point i spoke of my son and prolong life since we can annul death not so for you have only obtained a semblance of life objected balsamo in time we shall make it real the roman poets and they were esteemed prophets assert that Cassidius revived the dead." But one objection. Supposing your elixir perfect and a dog given some, it would live on until it fell into the hands of a dissector who would cut its throat. "'I thought you would take me there,' chuckled the old wizard, clapping his hands your elixir will not prevent a chimney falling on a man a bullet going clear through him or a horse kicking his skull open altatus eyed the speaker like a fencer watching his antagonist make a lunge which lays him open to defeat no 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 and you are a true logician no my dear Acarot. such accidents cannot be avoided the wounds will still be made but i can stop the vital spirit issuing by the hole look before the other could interfere he drove the lancet into his arm the old man had so little blood that it was sometime flowing to the cut but when it came it was abundantly great god you have hurt yourself cried the younger man. We must convince you." Taking up a phial of colorless fluid, he poured a few drops on the wound. Instantly the liquid congealed, or rather threw out fibres materializing, and soon a plaster of a yellow hue covered in the gash and staunched the flow. Balsamo had never seen Collodion, and he gazed in stupefaction at the old sage you are the wisest of men father at least if i have not dealt death a death blow i have given him a thrust under which he will find it hard to rise you see my son that the human frame has brittle bones i will harden and yet supple them like steel it has blood which in flowing out carries life with it i will stop the flow the skin and flesh are soft i will tan them so that they will turn the edge of steel and blunt the points of spears while bullets will flatten against it only let an altatus live three hundred years. Well, give me what I want, and I shall live a thousand. Oh, my dear Akarat, all depends on you. Bring me the child." I will think it over, and do you likewise reflect. The sage darted a look of withering scorn on his adept. "'Go,' he snarled, "'I will convince you later. Besides, human blood is not so precious that I cannot use a substitute. Go, and let me seek. I shall find. I have no need of you. Begone!' Balsamo walked over to the elevator and with a stamp of the foot caused it to carry him down to the other floor, mute, crushed by the genius of this wizard, he was forced to believe in impossible things by his doing them! End of chapter forty one, recording by john Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.